Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debate. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today my guest on Off the Shelf is Bill Gormley. Bill is the president of the Gormley Group, and he also serves as chairman of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Um, Bill is making a return uh, appearance on the show pretty pretty soon uh, after his last appearance, uh, primarily so we can you know talk about uh, the uh, the coalition's fall training conference and the takeaways from that, and also just get your quick thoughts on the kind of the highlights of the the of uh, 2022 from a procurement perspective. So, Bill, first of all, thanks for doing it. Welcome back to the show. Sure. Always, always a pleasure. Like, like the back and forth, Roger. So, you know, <laughs> okay. well, well, hopefully we'll have a good back and forth uh, today. <laughs> we'll see. So, um, so yeah. So a uh, couple of weeks ago, we had our uh, spring training conference. I mean, spring <laughs> that's months ago, excuse me, our fall training conference. Um, I'm already thinking about next spring, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, um, and, uh, you know, we had a great turnout, a lot of government folks, a lot of industry. And I just, you know, for, so for you, I just want to get some of your key takeaways and highlights from the conference. And so take it away. Well, I think a couple, couple points. First off, congratulations to the coalition. So probably one of the best conferences. It was over, I think, 500 people registered, as, as you know, Roger. So, but for the, the folks that are listening today, I think it's an indication of the interest in and the government procurement and the changes that have occurred and that are coming forward. I think the theme was like, was really looking forward and forward thinking and discussions. And I think that was good for people to hear for business planning for their companies and uh, laying out potential government opportunities or, or new solicitations that may be coming out with some, some folks that were from GSA and in fact, DA, because you had the two day conference uh, one day for each one. And I, and I, I don't know the number, but I'd say I think it was probably one of the best turnouts for government in in several years of participants and a big cross section of people in uh, uh, down you know from from the management level to the folks in operations. And I think the uh, the tables that you started to use now, you have a VA person at a table to answer questions. You had folks at the GSA table, so. I think if you're a participant, you know, you know, although you, you couldn't, you couldn't have that relationship in a, in a virtual setting, but in the, uh, you know, in the live setting, people were actually able to come and have discussions about what's on their mind in regards to their contracts with the, with either VA or GSA. There was people lined up all day long. So I guess they had a lot of questions, but I think it was good for all parties. Yeah. I, um, I have to say I was gratified with the, uh, First of all, with the just general attendance, you know, the folks uh, signing up to attend, you know, like you said, it's like close to 550 folks um, and, the, and probably another 75 or more government folks over the course of the at, conservatively over the course of the the two days. So it was a it was a great turnout. And I think it does reflect, you know, the you know, the heightened interest in procurement and looking forward what to expect in 2023 um 
And I think we got a lot of that, uh, you know, just a discussion of Oasis Plus, Alliant 3, those procurements, NASA Soup 6, when it comes down the pike next year, further in acquisition planning. Um, and in fact, a shout out to NASA Soup program. You know, they had their industry day the day before right. our conference, you know, on the 15th and our conference is 16th and 17th. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I think that also kind of leveraged, you know, their opportunities to talk to folks and also gave folks the opportunity to come to the three day event in a certain sense. So that was, that was great. Um, so I, I just, uh, you know, from your perspective, what were you hearing in, you know, during the coffee breaks and that sort of thing from folks about, you know, what they're focusing on from a business perspective, both on the, for the government folks and for industry? I think the, uh, the speed of industry and the speed of government, you know, I think everybody wants them to be at equal speeds. And <laughs> I think of, of getting things done. And I think that's, that's the, I think the common thread, Roger, throughout the two days, regardless of whether it was in the in the audience or out in the hallways and all that, is you know people are looking to to hear you know things occur that actions to occur you know faster in government, and I think that's I'm sure we'll get into some of the topics of the day there, but you know one that if you don't mind jumps ahead jumps sure, ahead of most, sure. most of them was the inflation side. And, and it just, it's not, you know, as much, as much communication and it it improved communication by GSA, you know, over the past month or so, um, with Jeff Kosas issuing a, you know, memo to talk about recognition to to speed up the approval or the review and hopefully approval of requests for, uh, economic price adjustments. It's, we're, we're just not, to be honest with you, we're, we're seeing very little change at all across the board. So that's having a big impact and a negative impact on industry and hurting the, the relationship between government and industry as far as a recognition of, of having a partnership. And I think that's that was that's still one of the key key factors because uh, that that you know goes to the bottom line immediately. Right. Um I think to your point, I think the inflation challenge that that government and industry sort of are facing, you know, in a certain sense together, but separately, right. Um, does highlight that issue. And that's a great way to put it. It's the, you know, it's the gap, it's the speed of business versus the speed of government. And how can you bring, they're never going to be the same. Yeah. Right. We understand that, but how can you bring them more closely aligned, Mm -hmm. which ultimately for GSA and for, customer agencies will increase their access to commercial products and services. Um, you know, I think, you know, the inflation challenge also sort of highlights the, the industrial base in the sense that, you know, there's been lots of reports about less folks working with the government, you know, over the last decade, especially small businesses, GAO's done a report, um, you know, SBAs even noted it in their scorecards in terms of the number of prime contractors. Um, you know, this kind of highlights sort of as you know, where we are right now. And I think the big thing to your point is a lot of it is speed of industry versus speed of government. Yeah, I think you're, uh, well, we're jumping around too much here or not, but I think you're, Michael Parrish from VA. Um, yes. 
and he did a, he did a great great job of speaking about his his vision for VA to uh, to speed up you know the the VA processes within uh, across the board. I think he had a a pathway or something portal pathfinder website path, yeah pathfinder excuse me and um, so I mean I'm on on what on my involvement I'm I'm actually using that so I'm gonna I'm gonna test that rascal out and see if see if, if anybody picks up so we, we we actually put something in there but the point was he he was very candid up front and that hey you know we are very slow in, in getting getting new products or new visibility to technologies and, and we need to change all that among among the typical uh, the flow of work in VA so and they've had a lot of uh, management changes I think out in uh, Chicago for their schedules program so it was good to hear him say that and like similarly it was good to see Jeff Costa's uh, EPA, EPA inflation memo but you know it gets back to you know you've got you have to pay attention to the workforce and provide the insight for them to under, to either understand or to answer questions that they may have on on why things aren't moving uh, or aren't aren't providing what industry views is an acceptable you know uh, time turnaround time. I mean, some of this stuff is taking you know six to eight months to get an EPA approved for, which should be a straightforward approval process within the agreed upon contract terms conditions and that's just not happening right now yeah um and we can we're almost at the end of the segment but when um um you know i just to finish it off i think um you're absolutely right i think you know that's to one of the things that michael Parrish, you know he's the chief acquisition officer for the va recognized you know is that gap between the speed of business and the speed of of uh, government and, you know, and trying to close that gap, you know, that's, you know, that's a strategic focus and I, you know, and it's, you know, it's good that he's identified as that. And, yes. you know, that Pathfinder website, um, you know, is something that, it, you know, hopefully will help, you know, move things forward. And I'll be interested to hear how your test goes oh, yeah. of this. Oh, site. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we're up on the break bill. When we come back, we'll okay. continue a discussion of the conference a little bit. Uh, on some of the key programs that are going to roll out um, over the next year. Um, and then eventually we'll turn to some, just highlights some for some of the year. And one of the things I do want to talk to you about, I didn't get a lot of uh, fanfare, is um, a new memo on, you know, the role of management at, at GSA and FAS in the in managing the procurement operations. I think that's an important, timely, and um, milestone for GSA to address that over time. We can talk a little bit about that. My guest okay. today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of Gormley Group and the chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. I'm Roger Waldron. You're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Bill Gormley. Bill's uh, the president of the Gormley Group. He also serves as chairman of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And um, Bill's made a, uh, uh, you know, uh, our, this is a follow-up to his recent appearance as we get an opportunity to talk about, uh, you know, the Coalition's Fall Training Conference and the key takeaways, as well as just some highlights from the year. Um, and, you know, Bill, one of the things I know people were talking about and was a topic of discussion between um, GSA and industry was uh, transactional data reporting. 
Um, so what were your takeaways with regard to that dialogue at the conference? Yeah, I think uh, TDR, you know, the government always likes to have the accurate in there. So uh, for TDR, I think uh, it's become evident that there's disagreements within G- within the GS, a part of GSA, which is uh, well, the IG's office and, and GSA um, operational side of implementing TDR. And I think that's uh, not necessarily unexpected in view of personal experience when it was discount schedule marketing data sheets for those who have been around a while. And then it went to CSP, commercial sales practice, which is, exists today and then TDR. It's just a different way of evaluating pricing for fair and reasonableness. And so along the way, the IG is for someone who's supposed to be focused on the efficiency of government, they, they fought each step along the way. And I think GSA is having to, to work through this and it's taken a long time to get TDR rolled out. It's kind of the net net here. And I think, uh, uh, to GSA's credit, um, yeah, their their position is that that, that they're going to be moving forward on this, and it, it needs to happen. And there are things that need to be adjusted along the way. Fine, but sometimes you you don't know that until you, until you put it in gear and start rolling whether it's going to run or not. And I think they've had they've had I don't know four year four is it four or five year pilot on pilot this thing? yes yes yeah. Yeah, so I think yeah, the time. final rule I think was back in 2016, if I got yeah, if I so think, right. Yeah, so, so, it's, it's, yeah, so it's been a while, and they've had enough time to get used to it. So, and, and for industry, and there's a lot of good that can come out of it to help streamline, the, you know, use that word, that term, streamline the uh, the acquisition process for determining fair and reasonable price. So anyway, and the TDR hopefully um, will be implemented sooner than later and uh they have some companies that are holding back because of the amount of liability that's associated with the you know, commercial sales practice when you're doing business with the government and that'll yeah, help and the price them. reduction clause yeah correct yeah, yeah. So, so yeah you know it's i mean i look at it when you mention that and like you know we have lots of gray hair bill so we remember the <laughs> dsmd discount schedule marketing data yeah, and all that there. information that had to be submitted like you you know you had to submit right. actually you know your top contracts who got the best price the terms and conditions like actually specific transactional commercial like listings of contracts and that you know, and there's a court case that basically said the requirements here are like, you know, you can't comply. They're impossible to comply with for industry to do so. And that kind of triggered, you know, the uh, the reform of, the, you know, the DSMD and the evolution to the commercial sales practices, where instead of giving all that information, which and the responsibilities where companies really, you know, according to the judge, couldn't, it was impossible to comply with. Um, you know, you're, you're giving more of a summary of your commercial practices, your, you know, who you gave discounts to and that sort of stuff. And that kind of made sense at the time, but we're now 25, 30 years later and the markets fundamentally changed both in the schedules program, you know, whether it's continuous open seasons, regulatory and statutory competition requirements, the significant use of BPAs. Um, you know, the consolidation of the schedules program, all these things um, have changed the federal market. And at the same time, the commercial markets fundamentally changed through e-commerce and other things that pricing is very fluid, um, you, know, you know, across the board. And so 
TDR seems to me is is an adapt, you know, is a response, uh, you know, to a changing market and finding, you know, another more efficient and effective way to gather pricing information for use by the government and use in negotiations or however they do it. Um, it just it makes a lot more sense given you know the changes in the federal market and the changes in the commercial market. I don't know if you agree with that or not. I, I'm um, sorry for the for the long soquilla. Yeah, I'm not going to answer. Yeah. Anyway, okay, okay. <laughs> but I think the uh, I mean the net net the net net on on all three things you've talked about the the DSMD the CSP and the TDR is the government's need to determine fair and reasonable price. That that's right. the net, you know, and so. You know the the pricing has changed commercially, and and you know, we talked about this. You know, I like to dwell on speed of industry to speed of government. This is clearly where the government is lagging, and they, and the the pricing continues to 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 be you know dy- very dynamic. You know with you know the, the internet and and the access to visibility to many things on the internet to compare prices. So. Yeah, it's inevitable the government has to move this way. And it's just it's it's unfortunate that, you know, there's this disagreement internally there, but hopefully they're gonna work it out. And uh yeah. Yeah, trying to be optimistic, always optimistic here. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about speed of business versus speed of government, I know one of you know, one of the topics at the conference and there's breakout session focusing on e commerce and you know, I just you know, what 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 were some of your sort of takeaways from the conference and just e-commerce in general? Um, I think the government you know, has has had their pilot for the e-commerce side for I guess two or three years now. Um, I know that the vendors are not happy with the the volume they're getting through that. Having said that, GSA has its own e-commerce with uh, GSA Advantage and eBuy. And they they're not seeing a big increase in uh, in sales running through those programs either. So I think there's now that now you have to kind of sense of what you know we we have a commercial platform in front of the government to use to press a button, so to speak, and they have a government platform of ordering that's like fully compliant of of all all needs to conform to all government regulations. And there's not a, there's not a significant increase. I mean, Advantage doesn't even have a billion dollars yet. That's been around for twenty over twenty years, and um, so I think it's the, whether it's going to be the evolution of people retiring and new people coming in that are used right. to buying that way. I mean, that, that's what you know. You know, everybody. You know, not everybody. A lot of times you see articles that the government's you know so many people are going to retire, and that that's never happened. I mean, as far as the percentage. And yeah, I think this, yeah. This this is probably an indication of. Be honest with you that that situation, Roger, where people just yeah. aren't ordering, and they they're they're just going to follow the traditional way of of buying off contract vehicles. And so, but I think it's it's going to be inevitable. It's I think the government has to has to get there, yeah. right? Yeah, to your yeah the, that that gap between that that can help close that gap. And you know, GSA um, to its credit is going to do a follow on e commerce, you know, procurement, you know building on the pilot that it's done. And I think one of the things we heard, you know, across the board, there was unanimity amongst the attendees is just the idea that they're going to open it up to all types of commercial solutions, 
I think that can also, you know, sort of foster growth in the program generally as well. And I think also, I think they've learned that they need to do more training of government folks on the, you know, making aware of the, the pilot and, and the platforms themselves. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. To to the credit of the the one that they're going to go back out on, I think that coalition membership, you know, through, through you and the coalition have, have advocated to open this thing up. So now they're rec- recognizing, hey, we, you know, we 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 need to align ourselves with the commercial market, not be not be called e-commerce, but it's like e-government commerce, you know. Right. <laughs> so well, it's like, yeah, and um, well, you know, as as a as a good friend of mine would say, like we all do better when we all do better. Like yeah, if you open yeah. it up some, I think it it lifts all boats in over the yeah. long term, yeah. and yeah. just yeah. you know, competition uh, is a good positive thing, and um, yeah. and for everybody involved. Um, so, yeah. hey, so we'll see how that goes. Competition is is it's not just price, okay? Right. Yeah, it's ease <laughs> People, of use, everything. You know, timely delivery. It's all those things. Warranty. Right. It's, you yeah. know, the capability of the product. Oh, it's all those things. Yep. So, yeah. right. um. So when we, we're on the break, Bill, when we come back, you know, I guess we'll touch a little bit, you know, maybe on some of the big GSA procurements coming down the pike over the next year or so that were the topics of discussion at the conference. And then maybe we'll can turn to that memo I mentioned, that management memo, and just your thoughts yeah. on that, sure. having been a okay. senior executive at GSA. Yeah. My okay. guest today is Bill Gormley. He's the president of the Gormley Group, and he's a chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. I'm Roger Waldron. You're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of the Gormley Group, and the he also serves as chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. Um, and Bill, um, this segment, you know, there's lots of you know, you know the, the the title of the conference, expectations for FY23, and. There's a lot. There's a lot of people expecting a lot of things, right? On the government and industry side, we have Oasis Plus that's going. We have Alliant Three, and we have NASA Soup Six, sort of kicking off with their Industry Day the day before the conference. And then you have you know the VA's Prime Vendor MSPV Prime Vendor RFP out there, um, as well as their supply chain modernization effort. There's a lot going on, and you know, I, I just want to get your sort of overall impression of how the government's handling um, these major procurements. Yeah. You know, I think uh, <laughs> there's there's kind of an exception here, which is good. And basically, that's a common thread through all of the procurements you just uh, touched on, is that the government appears to have more outreach uh, with industry. And I think to to I think validate the evaluation criteria or the alliance, how they're expressing the requirements, and and they're just they're trying to give exposure to industry so they can get feedback. Now the whole key is going to be whether the the government's going to take the feedback and be able and be able to use it. And I think uh, you know in I in H or CIOSP, you know, they had outreach. I think there wasn't a lot of recognition of the net the need for to change some requirements they had in there i think they have over 100 protests as a result of that i think that has shell-shocked gsa <laughs> and the nasa to like hey we 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 see the need to communicate 
And so right, right. I, I don't think they'll ever over communicate, but they're clearly communicating uh, further ahead than they ever had before in the past. So hopefully, you know, there's some good that comes out of the CIOSP, to be honest with you. For right. Lessons learned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, to your point, you know, Oasis Plus has had that team's had multiple meetings with the industry over the last uh, literally year and a half or more. And, you know, they now have a draft solicitation. Uh, draft RFP out there on the street for comment. Alliant um, as well has a draft and they've been engaging with industry. Um, and then NASA soup, as I mentioned, you know, has just kicked off their effort and had industry days um, this, you know, in November, November 15th. So, you know, there's a lot of engagement there. And I also want to just, you know, the, the example of the VA over the last um, couple of years of putting out, you know, or, letting people know up front where they're thinking about going, you know, putting out the draft solicitations for the MSP e prime vendor program and the series of virtual industry days for the supply chain modernization. And then finally, just even going back to the, to the supplier BPAs of EHA put in place to support uh, med surge prime vendors, you know, there's a lot of engagement there and it continues to be like, for example, the, VHA has a weekly Thursday meeting with, you know, all the vendors, you know, who have BPAs to, you know, talk about, you know, status updates and just have that constant dialogue. I think it's a very positive thing. So there's a lot of good going on there in terms of the communication. And I think to your point, um, you know, at the end of the day, communication, um, yeah, yeah. He needs needs resolution, right? At the end of the day, and 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 you're not. And we know people aren't going to agree on a hundred percent and everything, yep. you know. But important thing is to take it into consideration, and where it's reasonable and beneficial to make adjustments, you need to look at doing those things. And if they're not, you know, it's you know, it's it's appropriate to you know sort of say we're not doing that because. Yeah, but I think many, uh, I think with the, the much what you touched on GSA is is. is has had an open, an open kind of ear to industry, but has, has opened up both ears, so to speak. I think VA has gone from a, a turnstile to a, clearly open the doors <laughs> and letting the industry in to have those discussions. So I think we're seeing some very positive results from uh, from the feedback. And I think you have, I think the coalition has, what, two working groups or something on this as well, right? Yeah, we have a Oasis working group and an yeah. Alliant 3 working group, and you will probably be having a NASA Scoop yeah. yeah. 6 working group as well. Yeah. And, you know, to the extent we can provide consensus comments yeah. as appropriate uh, back to, you know, GSA and to NASA, we look forward to doing that. I think, you know, an example of listening and, you know, taking, uh, you know, action you know, um, on Oasis, you know, they're originally going to structure it as a single contract with everybody on it, like small, all the different, very small categories. And then, you know, sort of other than small and, you know, to GSA's credit, they listen to a lot of folks in the industry and probably a lot of their customers who, yeah, and move back to the model where they're separate set aside contracts and then, you know, one that's, you know, uh, other than small or just unrestricted, um, you know, which, you know, I know industry, you know, believes is a very effective way to support small business. And the data shows that. And I think the customers as well as a, it makes it much easier to talk about the speed to business and speed of government. It, 
you know, it makes for faster ability to do acquisition planning and go directly to whichever contract vehicle as opposed to like having to go through a process to set aside individual order and all that stuff. So I think, you know, uh, the Oasis team is to be commended for you know, moving to that sort of pro small business model. I think Sonny, the commissioner of FAST, uh, did a shout did a shout out on the coalition. Hey, just you know, we we know when something needs we know when we're maybe off a little bit because we hear it we hear it from uh, Roger and the coalition, and and we do pay attention to it. So that was it's, it's you know it's kind of a nice way of <laughs> indicating hey you know we 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 are reading what's being written, and I guess the key here I think we're starting to see more of a openness to taking a lot into consideration and like to your earlier point no one expects everybody to agree i mean you know, heck we know we're in our life we agree with everybody so 100 percent yeah yeah there you go so right. hey yeah, bill but, we even don't agree 100 percent, right and that's the way it should be i, <laughs> I think that's the healthiest part of a relationship to be honest well, with you that spurs creativity actually <laughs> yeah. right at the end of the day yeah. um different right. differing views and yeah. you know competition um spurs uh creativity and before maybe we'll save the management memo for the last segment we only got about a minute left but okay you know, a couple of things and they're really about requirements and uh, you know and just your quick thoughts so you know front and center is cybersecurity, and there was a lot of discussions of that at both days of healthcare and the general day um we had specific panels on it um and just that is an imperative and there's also a lot of you know, there's discussion of sustainability, you know, and particularly Sunny, you know, his uh, keynote address focused on sustainability and where it's going. And the, you know, at the time the Biden administration had just released, you know, their proposed rules for procurement on it. Um, do you have any quick observations on I, cyber yeah, and, and or su- yeah. sustainability? I, you know, some of it does apply in the commercial world. Don't take me wrong, but I think at some point, and uh, I don't have the answer here right now, but I think at some point, you know, we can talk about it you know, in some other interview here. But there's a cost of doing business with government that's not going down. And and, and a lot of this is going to cause, you know, that Fed ramp area for the cost of business to go up you know, of doing business with the government. And somehow it's got to get balanced out when the government, you know, does its evaluation of fair and reasonable price. It, it just can't be looking at a price you sell commercially and try to make it apples to apples. It's not. And, and I don't want to minimize this, but it's an area I think that, you know, you can only overload someone so much with additional, additional requirements that are outside of what you're actually buying, but it's part of the compliance of, uh, associated with how you buy it. So I think that's something that would be a good, good discussion. And, and it may be nice to have a couple of government people on and we could go a little quick uh, round table. Yeah, we we will do that. Um, yeah. And to your point, I think you know there's a couple ways to approach it. You know, the recognizing the difference in pricing for some of these requirements versus private sector versus government um, requirements yeah. uh, would be one thing. You know, that's even an issue. You know, just with regard to Trade Agreements Act compliance and where things <laughs> are made, there's a difference. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no TAA that applies to the commer- to a commercial transaction. You know, and mm-hmm. I, you know, folks forget that and it does make a difference. But the other thing there's, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is, okay, so what, what is fundamental? What is the most important to the government? If it's, uh, I think cyber is off, obviously one of those things, sustainability. That's one of those things from a policy perspective that 
in any administration, you know, feels is paramount, then yeah, okay, we understand that. But then what other things can you peel away to focus on those fundamentals? If those are fundamental to, you know, what you, what the procurement system system should be focusing, focusing on in part, how do we get there? And I also think that would also help, definitely help small business, you know, and they're, you know, addressing some of these things. So anyway, a couple of different ways to look at Bill, we're up on the break. So when we come back, we will finally talk about the management memo that uh, was issued that sort of, um, for lack of a better term, sort of re um, reimagined or reasserted, you know, the ability of managers to manage the procurement operations, especially at FAS. Uh, you know, I thought, so I, a, thought it, I thought it inserted common sense in acquisition. So yes, it's a like common sense memo. Yes, absolutely. Uh, my <laughs> guest today is Bill Gormley. He's a uh, president of the Gormley Group and chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. I'm Roger Walden, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of the Gormley Group. He also serves as chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And we've been talking about the fall training conference and some of the key takeaways from a policy and program perspective. Um, you know, so this we're into the last segment. And finally, as promised throughout the show, we're going to talk a little bit about you know, the management memo that uh, the senior procurement executive at GSA issued um, that rescinded a memo back from about 2014 or so um, that had been issued by the, by at that time, the FAS commissioner that, um, you know, from a lot of folks' perspective, sort of hamstrung the ability of managers to play in, in a lot of ways, any role in overseeing their employees and, you know, and with regard to a contracting officer's judgment on a, on a procurement at that, or that sort of thing, or just how, how, how do you manage when, you know, you, you know, it's basically, you know, made it impossible for um, managers to actually do their jobs in a lot of ways. You know, so, and this new memo sort of, to your point is, is a common sense approach and creates a framework where, uh, under appropriate circumstances and situations and documenting certain things, managers now, ha- you know, have a, have a much more discretion and ability to, you know, manage their workforce in a certain, I don't know how else to say it. It's pretty straightforward. I, I think the, um, the, the initial memo we talked about 2013 or 14 was resolved in uh, a heavy IG uh, handed, uh, view on how to manage contracting and and to avoid influence outside just the contracting officer and i think the the influence side became more relevant in that in that initial memo and as a result of that had a lot of unintended consequences to be quite honest yeah Yeah. and so and so i think the you know it was kind of way overdue because there were some contracting officers you know took the initial memo so literal and some supervisors, you know, use that to avoid having to get involved in when there was, uh, you know, a need to get involved. Meaning that there was a difference of opinion between a contracting officer and a and a company offer. So, I think Jeff Coases did a good did a good job. I mean, it was like nine or ten pages, yeah. and, and I think his thought process was, was very clear that 
what is in his memo is not anything that's already out there in a policy setting. And Henneke har harvested all of the policy associated with acquisition, oversight, responsibility by management, and whoever put it together did a, did, you know, orchestrated a great, a, a great, you know, cadence to that memo, and and pretty much uh, mapped everything everything out from a regular from a regulatory or policy standpoint. So there's nothing that is is taken out of context here it's just it's and i know it's just common sense acquisition right i think they tried to like you know cover almost any scenario oh yeah i think of, oh, yeah. Like, and a great job from a general perspective yeah. and laying yeah. it all out yeah. um for people yeah. and i think it's a good guy it's a good guide for any manager yeah. at the sure. end of the day sure. when you stop and think sure. about it and it's a good guide for any organization yeah. Um, and I think it's a good guide for all the stakeholders in GSA, whether it's the IG or, you yeah. know, or the GSA management or the GSA acquisition workforce. Um, I mean, it, it creates a, you know, a, a reasonable framework from which all can operate. And, you know, the IG can always take a look at it and see, are you complying with that memo? You know, at the end of the day, you know, right. so, right. you know, so, um, so there is an analogy here. So, okay. <laughs> And we talked earlier about the memo on inflation and the flow down and the flow down is it's flown it has flowed down but i don't know how if it just kept flowing or not but i don't know how much stuck along the way and that's in the training side so on the on the management memo that it's got the flow down on that but there has there should be clearly a lot of training associated with that because there's you know we're we're still seeing uh where there's a where's a resent uh, or better resentment there there's just a lack of willingness from some supervisors to now convert to to the swing of the pendulum so to speak right, 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 right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what i mean yes. there's there has it been on it it's like the, the inflation you know memo type thing people are you know jeff's delineated in great detail you know if you have if your contracts order with a price list you could just have a published price list acceptance and have a new price list and go with it. And we're having many contract officers is just won't accept that. They, have, they still have to do a price reasonable, which is, you know, it's not, it's not necessary. And, and it's basically, it's unreasonable. So when you get to the management memo, I think it's just, there, there's, you have to have continuity. You just can't issue something and you're one and done. You have to manage the communication. And that's on, that's on anything, obviously, right. like I said, so. But you know, number one, they put it together and they issued it. So, right. Know, that, that, so you're, that. you're 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 making a point that I think could be a theme, or you know, what we could expect to see across GSA, you know, this fiscal year, FY23, and that's training. So, yeah. like, there's going to have to be training on the memo for both managers and the workforce, and all the other stakeholders at GSA for the management memo. There's need you know, training on it, you know, and they're already doing a lot of training on the inflation, you know, streamlining, you know, policy that was done. They, you know, have acknowledged and are working on additional training for contracting officers and agencies on TDR. Um, you know, so, so there's, you don't mind. so on the training side, you don't mind. So probably cause I have grandkids. So I read stuff about now data has come out where school training virtually has has really had it not had has had a detrimental effect on overall education, and I would say 
I would venture to say virtual training has some value to it. And when what we're talking about here from an adult standpoint, but I still think uh, an in-person training is where you get the very robust discussions uh, with your peers and not not just sitting at a computer listening to someone present something to you. And there there's really isn't a pure dialogue. And I think hopefully GSA can get to that in-person training on these because these, these are these are these are major elements within the acquisition process we're talking about here roger so it's it's yeah. not a it's not a minor part here so i think that i think that hopefully they get to the point where you know they, they can be on site and do on-site training i think that that's where you really get the benefit and i think that and and i'm not tooting your horn but i think that's where you had one of the highest participations at the conference because people wanted to be together and, and right. that was a you asked what was a common thing and all the breaks and everything that that was the common that was the, the you know the common thing biggest takeaway yeah, and i forgot yeah. to mention training on you know use of the e-commerce platform too that's another training exactly. you know, initiative yeah. so there's but i think yeah. to your point i just listened to you talk about in person versus virtual yeah. it's like there's something priceless in a certain sense of you're sitting listening to the elect the instructor yeah, he's making comments and you turn to the person next to you and say, well, what do you think of that? Yeah. And it's just, yeah. you know, an ex- exchange of, yeah, yeah, like a different perspective. And, oh, yeah. I never thought of that. And do you, you don't, you don't get the same benefit. Spontaneous. And you carry that conversation benefit. out to get something to eat and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all, it's all, I mean, that, we're human here. And I think that's kind of, and I, and I know a lot. You know, everything's got virtual, or a lot of things are going virtual. But I think there's some areas that needs to be recognition of the, the human aspect of being there. To your point, and being with an associate, or being with someone in your area that you can have this conversation, actual conversation, or go up and talk right. to the instructor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. A little bit. So we, yeah. And I think there's just a, a normalizing effect of that kind of in person. So I think. You know, I think one of the expectations for F to finish the show or wrap it up, Bill, is yeah. one of the expectations is see lots of training and hopefully lots of in-person training, yep. you know, both Very for good. government and industry. And yep. event. So, Bill, um, I want to thank you so much for doing the show. Um, sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah. and we'll wrap it up. My guest today has yeah. been Bill Gormley. He is the president of the Gormley Group and co-chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. I'm Roger Walther, and you've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.